Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 and verse 1, I want to teach for a few minutes tonight on what are you hoping for? A winning image. What are you hoping for? A winning image. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and we can put the word yet there. But now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is an image. And among other things, hope means expectation. All right? Expectation. Now, notice that it says faith gives substance. All right? Which is substance is the grounds, the conviction, the, the, uh, 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 the standing under. Faith gives substance to what you're expecting. All right? And without hope, there's nothing to add faith to. If I don't have a picture, if I don't have an expectation, there's nothing to add faith to. There's none of the elements. When you talk about faith, faith is not a standalone substance. It has to have something to be substance to. Uh, Hope is not a standalone substance. Hope is is a good picture, but it's a poor receiver. Amen. Love is not a standalone substance. I mean, faith works by love, all right? Love has to be with a pure motive. The Bible says to love each other fervently, to love each other with a pure heart, unfeigned love. So without hope, there's nothing to add my faith to. And so the devil, people will say, well, the devil is attacking my faith. Well, yes, but he's also attacking your expectations. Because he knows something. If he can get you to quit hoping or expecting, then there's nothing to add your faith to. And if you don't have anything to add your faith to, anything that faith will produce, right? Then then it's basically inert. Because I've got to have something that I'm expecting. Amen. So in order to properly expect, you've got to develop a winning image. I've got to develop an image of myself. In uh, Philippians 3, and we're, we're going to talk about four steps tonight of developing a winning, winning image. Philippians 3, and uh, we'll start in verse 7. Paul says, what things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. Yes, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them but dung or garbage or refuse that I might win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained or were already perfect, but I follow after if I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward unto those things that are before. Notice, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So step one in developing a winning image is knowing Christ. Knowing Christ. Notice he says, I want to be found in him. 
All right? My image has to start with who I am in Him. And then knowing Him and the power of His resurrection. I taught a series, the power of the resurrection, the power outflowing from the resurrection. Paul says there's a power of the resurrection that we can know. Well, how, how can I know that? By being found in Him. And that's why a lot of Christians look at themselves as powerless or weak or defeated or whatever the case may be. And the very same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in them. Amen. The Bible says that God had to bear His right arm to raise Christ from the dead. It says, he, it says He created the universe with His fingers. He created the worlds with His hand, but it had to bear His right, hand, his right arm, expose all of His strength to raise Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. So that is the power that's in you. Now tell me, that won't develop a winning image. Amen. Hallelujah. Then, notice, knowing Him and the power of His resurrection, pursuing, pursue your mark. Pursue your mark. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. Everybody has a mark. Everybody has something that they're pursuing. Whatever it may be, the call of God on your life, whatever God's dealing with you about, there's something that I'm supposed to pursue. Remember that you'll never find any fulfillment in life if you're not going after what God's asked you to do. You just, you never will. I've talked to people before and they say, well, I feel stagnant or I feel like I'm at a standstill or I feel like this or I feel like that. that it, it's because there's nothing getting that person up in the morning and nothing motivating them through the day and nothing motivates you through the day, the week, the month, the year like pursuing what God has for your life. Amen. Amen. And, and developing this winning image. The Woos Bible says, bearing down upon the goal... I am pursuing on for the prize of the call from above of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice what he says, I'm bearing down upon this. So the first step is to be found in him, knowing him, the power of his resurrection, pursuing the mark. So the first step is knowing Christ. Step two, develop a winning image. Man is created with the ability to image created with that ability if you look at Genesis 1 26 the scripture says this and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them mankind have dominion over the fish of the sea fowl of the air cattle over all the earth every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth so man is created with the ability to image, to imagine, all right? And this ability to do that is called desire. Desire. Hallelujah. And that word desire means to demand or to long for or to set your heart on. All right, this, this, is, this is what desire means. And so, because we're created with this ability to imagine, now a lot of times when we think imagine or imagination, we think of the magic kingdom. It's not really real, but I'm going to use my imagination. Right? But if I don't learn to image and see, right, what God wants me to do and to be, I can never do it. Because I've got to think it, I've got to see it, and then I'm going to be it. Hallelujah. Now, I've had ministers before and heard ministers say, well, you know, I stay away from that because that's what all the self-help people teach. They got it from us. They got it from the Word. We didn't get it from them. It's important. Because how you see yourself 
in whatever aspect it is. Right? I've got to be imagining. I've got to be imaging. When, 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 when you look at this and, and you, you understand the, the revelation of confession, right? What, what are you doing? Your confession changes you. It doesn't change God. Your confession does not put the pressure on God. It puts the pressure on you to believe God. And, and when you're believing God for something, if you're believing God for finances, and you sow, and you give, and then you start confessing, I've given, and it is given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You cannot consistently talk to yourself that way and consistently see yourself without. You can't. Because you're, you're building an image on the inside of yourself. You're, you're, you're building an image of success. You're building an image of prosperity. When you, make, when you make statements, when you make statements, if anything happens good to anybody today, it's going to happen to me in the name of Jesus. Right? I'm a victory going somewhere to happen. Amen. I'm successful. I'm trustworthy. I'm prosperous. I'm full of integrity. I'm honorable. You're, what you're doing is you're building an image of somebody that you can see that's worthy to succeed, that's worthy of success. That's what God started doing when He called you righteous and told you to call yourself righteous. Amen. Glory to God. Because God intends you to have a whole life prosperity. And, and, and you can't just use things and over-spiritualize it. Well, confession is spiritual. Confession is spiritual, but it affects you in the natural. Amen. I mean, you'd, you'd almost rather cuss than call yourself stupid. Right? Because you know the power of your words. But how many before you got a hold of the power? Well, don't raise your hand. But there, there, there are people that you saw yourself as less than smart before you started got, got a hold of the power of the word. Because the word of God changed you. Right? You cannot think of yourself as ignorant when Jesus has been made unto you wisdom. And the wisdom of God is at your disposal. So what did you start doing? No, no, no. I have perfect knowledge of all things. I have the spirit of understanding, the spirit of might, the spirit of counsel. Jesus has been made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that will bring to my remembrance all things. You cannot say that about yourself consistently and not see yourself smart. It's the ability to image God gave that only to mankind. Why? A monkey don't need to image. Amen. That's why there's no species of mankind that ever sat in a puddle of ooze and went, ugh. Because we are created in the image of God. Amen. What is one of the main attributes of God? The ability to create. The ability to produce. Amen. Say it out loud. I can create. I can produce. The life God wants me to have. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Throughout the word, men have used their desires both positive and negative. Look at Proverbs 3. Oh, glory. That's, that's, why, that's why you need to look at your hands and tell your hands, everything my hands touch prospers. That, that'll be the image. Now you hear people in the world, oh, everything I touch falls apart. Now people will say, oh, those are just words. That's an image. They have an image of everything they touch falling apart. Well, what about the person that has an image of everything they touch prospering? That's a winning image. Amen. I started years ago saying, I can't fail. I can't fail. And I've had people say, well, you too, you can too fail. No, I can't. Well, have you ever failed? Yes. Doesn't change what I say. 
Amen. Just because you did something doesn't change the truth. Right? Just because you did it doesn't, doesn't change the, the reality of it. Amen. Proverbs 3 and verse 13. Am I helping you? Notice it says, happy is the man. Now this is Pastor Caldwell's scripture. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. The merchandise of it is better than silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. Notice this. And all things you can desire are not to be compared to her. So he brings that word desire in and he says anything that you could desire is not to be compared to wisdom. Why? Because wisdom will get you everything you can desire. That's why the scripture says, get wisdom, get understanding, and all you're getting, get understanding. Amen. So all the things that you can desire. Now there's a, a negative connotation to that. I mean, there's, there's, there's desire for wealth, but it's, it's a covetous desire, right? Uh, the Bible says not to desire your neighbor's wife. How many can say Amen. I want to make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> uh, power to lord it over people, right? I want a position to have power to lord it over people. Amen. That's a desire, but it's negative. Now look in Proverbs 13, positive desire. Proverbs 13 and verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now remember what we're talking about? What are you hoping for? Expectation deferred. The picture consistently put off. The goal consistently not reached. What does it do? It makes the heart sick. But when the desire... Now remember, the desire... The thing that you're wanting, the thing that you're pursuing, the thing that you are expecting, what you're desiring, the thing you've set your heart on, when it comes, it's a tree of life. It's a shot in the arm. It brings energy to your life. You are not designed to consistently fall short of the image God has given you. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm not designed to fall short of the image God gave me. Whatever image it may be. Of health in your body, prosperity in your life, your family saved, your life being an honor and a blessing to God. You're not designed to consistently fall short of that. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and at, at the beginning of a new year, we're not quite there yet, but we'll be there in a week. At the beginning of a new year, you have to begin to take account and inventory of your life and saying, is this all I want? Is this the image that I see for my life? And if you're satisfied, great, stay there. But if there's more... You need to go after it. Amen. Amen. Say it out loud. If there's more, more, I'm going to go after it. Say it out loud one more time. If there's more, more, I'm going to go after it. That's more of God, more of the power of God, more of the Holy Spirit flowing in your life. Even in those areas, you've got to see that. I've talked to people before and they say, I'm just not, I just, I'm not a person of prayer. I just can't pray. I just, I don't know. I just, I just can't pray like that. You got to see yourself doing it. Amen. You got to stop saying that. Hallelujah. In uh, verse 19 of the same chapter, the desire, there's that word again, accomplished, is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. 
So notice the desire accomplished. So Scripture is letting us know that God wants the desires accomplished in our life because they're sweet to our soul. Do you see that? Amen. You Listen, ever what's going on in your life, ever what you may be dealing with, the people you may have around you, you don't want to lose sight of the desires you have because of somebody, what somebody else is doing or going through. And quit letting image robbers in your life. There are people that some of the greatest problems they have are blood kin. Because they can't develop an image because that person keeps robbing them. Well, notice what it says. You accomplish your desire and it's sweet to your soul. Amen. But I have to develop this winning image. Look at Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Desire precedes faith. Desire precedes faith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire... When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Probably 10 years ago, I ministered a series called Desire, the Missing Element to Faith. A lot of people are trying to use their faith with no desire. No hope, no expectation. But desire precedes faith. I got to have a desire to put my faith to. Amen. Amen. Close your eyes right now and ask yourself out loud, what am I desiring? Say it one more time. What am I desiring? Now you need to ask yourself that consistently. Amen. Brother Keith Moore, him and Miss Phyllis ask each other regularly, what are we excited about? Well, what are you excited about? What you're expecting. If I'm not expecting, there's no excitement. If there's no excitement, there's no expectation. How many of y'all with small kids know there's some expectation and excitement going on right now? Amen? Are, are, are you with me? Amen. Lily was at the tree the other day and she goes, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Well, they, she's right. But she's expecting, right? The, 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 the Amazon guy brought a a package the other day, actually bought my, brought my Christmas present from Pastor Michelle. I received my own present. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, Lily, it's a, it's a present. And she goes, oh, yeah, come on, let's open it. <laughs> and I said, well, this one's mine, this one's yours. She goes, okay, let's open that. And I said, you can't till Christmas. She went, like, you know, like a dog hearing a, a shrill sound. I, I don't, I don't, this doesn't compute. You have something for me and you won't let me open it. That's, that's unusual. Right? Is there expectation? Right? They know you've bought them something, probably what they asked for. Well, the Bible says that Jesus said, if you, being earthly men and women, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give to them that love Him? Are you expecting Him to give to you? Are you expecting that image to come to pass? There are people that you know and I know, the cares of life, the issues that they went through, has buried their image. It's buried their desire. And people say, well, you got to hope again. Well, hope is a picture. Hope is a desire. Hope is an expectation. The greatest thing you can give anybody is hope. Amen. I don't know if anybody remembers a, a guy named Robbie Reisner. Robbie Reisner, Reisner was uh, a, uh, eventually became a general, but uh, of course he was an aviator during the Vietnam War, and uh, uh, he was shot down, and uh, he spent seven years in the Hanoi Hilton. Five of those years in solitary confinement. And he said, the only way I could keep my sanity was to jog in place for hours on end. 
And he said, and, and then there would be days, even with that, the pressure would get so heavy on me. He said, I, I would take my clothes off and stuff them in my mouth and scream at the top of my lungs so my captors couldn't hear me and think they were getting to me. And he said, one day I was crawling around the edge of that cell, putting my eye up to the wall, just hoping I could see something. And he said, finally, there was a small crack. And he said, outside of that crack, I saw a leaf. And he said, I can never tell you what hope that brought to me, that there's still life on the outside of this cell. Seven years. Two of those years, depending on that image of a leaf. The the devil knows if he can heap on you and pile on you and suppress your desires and suppress your dream and suppress your hope, he can get your faith. And if he gets your faith, he's got you. Amen. Say out loud, it is never hopeless. hopeless. Hallelujah. Never hopeless. Why? We serve the God of all hope. We serve the God of all hope. One translation says, our God is the fountain of hope. So when you lay down tonight, if you've lost that hope, you need to say, God, rekindle it in me. Rekindle that desire. Rekindle that vision. Rekindle that expectation. Amen. Write it down. Write down what you're, what you're believing God for. Why? When you write it down, it burns it in your consciousness. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? Look at, uh, oh boy, there's, did we ever go to Psalm 37.4? We need to. Psalm 37.4. And whether you know it or not, I don't talk a lot about what the world's going through. I'm so far past it. But here's the thing. Whether or not you know it, what has been dealt a blow in this year is people's hope, their expectation. The enemy has used this what that's went on the world very good, very well. He's used it very well. He's used it to separate people. He's used it to make people afraid of each other. He's used it to separate. Uh, uh, I I know I know families that aren't even going to try to see each other over the holidays. Because it's not safe. I'm not against what anybody does. I mean, I'm just saying, that's what they say. So what are they expecting? Not anything good. I told my wife from the very beginning of this, I'm an OG hope dealer. I just, everywhere I go, I'm dealing some hope. I've been telling people from the beginning, the end is in sight. One day closer to normal. I've been laughed at. I've had people look at me like I was stupid. I had one guy get mad at me just for saying we're one day closer to normal. Well, maybe not him. I mean, he didn't seem too normal. But the point is, (laughs) dealing hope. Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What a deal. When you delight yourself in the Lord, look what He gives you. The desires of your heart. Amen. And desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. When the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Hallelujah. Those are promises. What's the condition to meet those promises? Don't let your hope be taken. Amen. Well, how do you know tomorrow's going to be better? Because I say it's going to be better. Yeah, but what if you get up and it's more of the same? Then the next day will be better. There is no tomorrow. Tomorrow's always today. When it gets here, it's today. Amen. And every day is a day to see my desire come to pass. Hallelujah. Religion suppresses desire. I grew up classic Pentecostal and they suppress desire. Pastor Michelle was ministering here one night 
And somebody testified or said something. She was talking about desire. And this person said, well, the Bible doesn't say God will give you what you want. It says it will give you what you need. And Pastor Michelle, very politely. But Pastor Michelle has this, it's just like it's this trip hammer. And if you say something that's not quite right, it's just, you know, it's like this sword. It's, you know, and you're just, you know, and. Hallelujah. That's why when people start talking, I just back off and get behind her. It's all good. Just get all the small children out of the way. (laughs) But very politely, she said, well, dear sisters, she said, the Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. You know what it says? Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, think about that for a moment. What does that mean, to delight myself in God? Can you show me that in the Amplified Bible? Am I helping you all tonight? Delight yourself in the Lord. Notice, it says, is that the Amplified Bible? Yeah, that's what I thought. Delight means delight. (laughs) Not not really. Not really. (laughs) To, to delight yourself in the Lord is to delight yourself in the Lord is to revel in those things that He promised you. And notice what it said, He will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. So your desires are not wrong. Yeah, but you know what if somebody has a sinful desire? Well, they're not going to get that. God doesn't give you sinful things. And I'm talking to believers. I'm looking around this room. Everybody's saved. I know all y'all. A bunch of you got saved in this church. You're all born again. You're, you're not out there desiring wicked things. You got to get it out of your mind that you having a hope, an expectation, a desire is somehow wrong. Amen. How many went to work this week? You went to work, right, just because you enjoy that job so much, right? Now, I'll tell you, you might enjoy your work, but you went with an expectation that at the end of the week or every two weeks or ever how much time the eagle flies on your job, right, you're going to get paid, Right? You went with an expectation. Did you get your desire? Did you get paid? There's nothing wrong with that, is there? There's nothing wrong with hoping. There's nothing wrong with expecting, with imagining yourself being everything God said you could be. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 63. Psalm 63 and verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. In Psalm 84 and uh, verse 2. My soul longeth, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Desire for the things of God begins to burn in you and then things begin to happen. When the psalmist says, I'm crying out, I long, my soul longs for you like I'm in a dry and thirsty land. And when it begins to burn in you, then things start happening because this desire is burning in me. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. Very often, God has to wait for us to tire of our problem. Amen. Very often God has to wait for people to get tired of what they're going through. And then they start desiring something else. Amen. We call it what? Coming to the end of our rope, coming to the end of ourself. It's getting tired of being where you're at. You got to ask yourself, if you're facing something, dealing with something, and it's consistent, and it's something that, that just seems to be repetitive, are you tired of it yet? 
Because then I'll start desiring something more. Amen. I heard uh, my pastor was preaching one time, and he was talking about people living in consistent uh, sin. And he said, you never see sin or right until you see it as against God. And when you see it as against God, then you're going to want to change what you're doing. If you don't get tired of, of what you're dealing with consistently, you'll never want more. Say, I'll, I'll tell your neighbor, say, I want more. Tell them one more time, say, I want more. Glory be to God. So very often God has to wait for us to tire of our problem. Number three, point number three of developing a winning image. Image what you desire. The, the word image is likeness or resemblance or exact copy, duplicate, desire, resemblance, exact copy, duplicate. Now, why is that important? What, what are you imaging? Amen. When Ed Dufresne was just a boy, his dad took him out in, uh, 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 they lived in California, and took him out uh, to the Long Beach area and looked up at the, the house, the houses on the Palisades, and, and uh, uh, made the statement to him. It said, he said, he pointed at those houses, he said, uh, don't ever expect to live up there because only rich people live up there and none of us will ever live there. People say, oh, that was horrible. It sure was. Why? Because it produced an image. Amen. Are you with me? We, 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 we've all heard people talk down to their children. Right? I'll tell you what's wrong with them. They're just mean. Just mean. It's producing an image. Right? We've heard parents call their kids dumb, ignorant. I've heard parents say, well, come on, ignorant. Now, we think, we think, well, I would never say that. Well, no, we wouldn't. But how often do we tell our kids, boy, you keep that up, you're going to get a college scholarship. Because when they're that little and they're in our care, we're responsible for the image that's going into them. Regularly, I'll stop Lily, I'll go, oh, wait a minute. And I'll get down on her level and I'll lift her arm up and look. And I'll lift the other arm up and look and I'll turn her head. And she's looking at me, she's waiting on it. And I'll say, yep, I can spot them from a mile away. You're a winner. I knew it. Amen. I want that image. When she goes to school, the last thing we say every day when she goes, before she walks out the door, I am a champion. I am a winner. I have no fear in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm, I'm not bragging on us. I'm saying I, I come to understand that in my life, there was this area in my life when I hit a certain age, I didn't have an image. I didn't have an image of what I was capable of and what I could do. And it took God a number of years to get that image into me. If we can start it now when they're two and three and four and five and six and seven, how much more will they do for God because they have such a greater image? Hallelujah. Now an image has to be seen. I have to see it. I have to see it. Notice Proverbs 23 and 7. We read this, talked about some of this over the offering. You know, I've heard a number of people say this. The first person I ever heard say it was Peter J. Daniels. And Peter J. Daniels was an Australian uh, billionaire that got saved a number of years ago. Uh, uh, I mean, many, many years ago, he worked... Helped Robert Schuler for a number of years and, and all these different things. But he talked about 
in his life that he carved out one hour every day just to think, just to imagine. And people say, well, I don't have just an hour a day to imagine. The average American watches 36 hours of TV. Now, you're not average. But think about it. If you only watch four hours of TV a week, you got an hour somewhere, right, just to imagine, just to think. What happens is that people go through their day and they're seeing all the wrong things and declaring all the wrong things and then they go to bed on that and they go to sleep on that and they go to sleep thinking that and they go to sleep saying that and they get up in the morning saying that and they get up in the morning thinking that because your mind has a tendency to pick up where it left off. Amen. Hallelujah. I stand in front of the mirror every night of the world, and it takes me eight to ten minutes, but I stand in front of the mirror every night of the world, and I declare things over me. And at the end of the nighttime declaration, I say tonight, I'm going to sleep wonderfully well, I'm going to dream powerful, positive dreams, and I'm going to wake in the morning refreshed, ready to do what God's called me to do. Amen. And I'd say the same thing the next morning, except when I get to the end, I say, today is going to be marvelous. Today is filled with opportunity. And people say, oh, that's a positive confession. Uh-uh, no, 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 that's my image. Today was marvelous. Why? Because I said so. Your mind picks up where it left off. Hallelujah. Proverbs 23 and 7. Notice, it says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. A man becomes what he thinks about. A man becomes what he thinks about. My pastor talks about going and sitting on those 12 acres that overlooked Napa Valley Drive there in Little Rock, prime piece of property, sitting on that, that stump and seeing what God wanted him to build. Seeing it, imaging it. It's important. Why? Because, and, and people say, I've had people say, well, you know, but at my age, so you don't, you don't need any desires or expectation at your age? Yeah, but you know, Pastor, listen, listen, just look at the natural. Just look at the natural. How many know how old Henry Ford was before he built his first car? 45. And he built his first car in a garage that was too small to get it out the bay door. So what did he do? Tore down the garage. Amen. Anybody remember an artist named Grandma Moses? She painted her first painting when she was 71 years old. Because she decided she could. Yeah, but I've, I've got 20 years of failure behind me. Yeah, and you got ever how many years of success ahead of you? It's, it's how am I imaging it? Glory be to God. Look at Matthew 12. Matthew chapter 12. The Bible's got a lot to say about this. I'm not going to keep you real late, but I, I want to get on how... To, The fact that you have to overcome discouragement. You have to overcome it. This this will be the next point. Matthew 12 and verse 34. Notice Jesus said, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A man becomes what he thinks about. If you want to be successful, you got to think about you being successful. If you want to be used by God, you got to see yourself being used by God. 
You keep your desires before your eyes and in your heart. That's what God said in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. He said, my son, he said, keep my word before your eyes. Right? Above all else, keep your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. But notice he said to keep my word in front of you. Keep your desires before your eyes. Keep them in your heart. Put them out there on a consistent basis. Number four, point number four. You have to overcome discouragement. You have to overcome discouragement. Now, discouragement comes in different forms. First of all, indecision. Why why am I indecisive? Because I'm getting over into reason. I'm getting over into logic. I got to listen to my spirit. I don't neglect my thinking and my brain that God gave me, but in order to not be indecisive, I got to stay with what my spirit is saying. Hallelujah. If you know the Holy Spirit told you to do something or you know the Holy Spirit led you a certain way, then you go with that despite what the circumstances are saying. I I think my mother made the statement Sunday night. She said, you cannot allow the enemy to start getting you to believe what you're seeing. Is that right? Amen. Indecision produces discouragement. Number two, confusion. Confusion. Discouragement will be born of confusion. If, if you look at, look at Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10 and 35. Notice what it says. Cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Confidence and confusion are miles apart. And he says, don't be confused, be confident. How are you confident? You have an image. You know what you're going after. This is is what God has told me to do. Hallelujah. Do, Do you see that? Thirdly, discouragement. How how does discouragement come? Fear. Fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and of a sound mind. Right? Fear takes your courage. When you read through the book of, of Joshua and the book of Hebrews, it says that by faith, Joshua and the children of Israel can pass Jericho around about. They did that by faith. The, 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 the Bible tells us that when he sent the spies into the city, that Rahab told him, the moment we heard of you all, our hearts melted. And the two spies came back and they said, nothing to be afraid of. Their, their strength is gone because of us. Well, here's the point. When, when the enemy tries to make you afraid, afraid of what? Afraid of anything. Afraid of failure. Afraid of losing, afraid that you're not going to make it, afraid that you're not going to be healed, afraid that you're not going to be able to do this or that or the other, or you can't take care of your family, or this, afraid that nothing's ever going to be better. What happens? You get discouraged. Prefix dis to move away from. You start moving away from courage. My brother, sister, to do what God's asked you to do, it takes courage. It takes tenacity. It it takes courage to do what God wants you to do. It it takes courage to step outside your comfort zone. It takes courage to step out and begin to look for things that you believe God is asking you to look for and advance your faith and exercise your faith. It takes courage to quit living the life you're living and start living the life God wants you to live. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, it takes courage. courage. Do do you see that? Amen. What makes a person satisfied with a life that's not going anywhere, but it's all I've ever known? No courage to break out of it. We hear stories all the time 
of this is the first person that went to college in this family. Why didn't anybody else go to college? Well, they couldn't. Why? He wasn't supposed to either. Somebody got a different image. Hallelujah. Do do you see that? You should read a book sometime called The Man Who Talked to Flowers. Uh, George Washington Carver. His story, a man wrote. You know, George Washington Carver was recognized as a genius in a time, and he was a black man in a time that was not good. But yet he had white folk from all over the country and other nations coming to him to get his wisdom. And he boggled their mind by saying, I go walk and talk to the flowers, and the maker of the flowers tells me what to do. Amen. What sets, what sets those people apart? Think about it. What, what sets people, what sets an Oral Roberts apart from you? Well, when you walked in his office, there was a big plaque on his desk that says, no small plans made here. He's a big thinker. How, how did he think big? Thinking outside the box. Amen. Why do you have to stay where you're at? Why do you have to be where you're at next year? Why do your finances have to be what they are next year? They don't. If I can can begin to image and believe God and set myself in agreement with the image I'm seeing that God gives me, amen. Amen. What's the image God wants you to see? My God shall supply all of my need according to His riches in glory. Amen. Is that right? He wants us to see ourselves with all sufficiency requiring no aid or support. Amen. Somebody say, I see me as healed. I see me as blessed. I see me as whole. I see my family saved. I see my life good. I see me in a nice home. I see me with nice things. They make other cars than used. Amen. Well, you know, but I don't need a new one. Don't need it or can't see yourself with one. Well, you know, this home we have, you know, it's okay. Right. But, I mean, how would that be if you were going and asked somebody, hey, is the food at that restaurant good? Well, it's okay. So you're going to go plunk down your hard-earned money for something that's okay. No, see, see how we think? But when it comes to something that I can't quite break out of, I'm okay with okay. And I don't know where anybody lives. I'm, I'm just telling you. I don't know how you think about where you live. But, but here's what I know. If, if I can't ever see myself breaking out of that, why is it that I always got to be the one paying the man? When am I going to be the pay-e instead of the pay-or? I'll tell you when, when you can see it. Amen. Amen. I'm helping you. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Number four, opposition. Opposition. Folks, listen. The devil is not just going to sit back and watch you walk into everything God wants you to walk into. Brother Hagin used to say this. He would say, just because it's in the Word doesn't mean it's going to fall on your head like ripe cherries off a tree as you float through life's on flowery beds of ease. Right? There's a fight to faith. But it's a fight of faith. It's not a fight for faith. Remember, this image very often starts with you being tired of where you're at. I'll tell you when my life changed financially. Not 
when all kinds of money started flowing, when I got tired of being broke. And I made the statement at that little house, at 7548 Corona, I could still be living in 7548 Corona Street right now if I hadn't jumped up that night and said with Leroy Thompson, I'll never be broke another day in my life. <laughs> Amen. That changed. Everything changed. Did money start flowing the next day? No. I was just as broke as I had ever been. Well, I'm going to tell you something tonight. You're looking at one man that is so far away from broke, I, I don't even know what it looks like. And never, ever, 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 ever going to know what it's like again. Amen. Amen. Are you, and as Walter Brennan, you say in the guns of Will Sonnet, no brag, just fact. Not bragging. It's just God has been good. But it started with seeing myself steadfast. When I started seeing myself as somebody that could be blessed by God, it changed my character, it changed my integrity, it changed how I saw myself. I saw myself as worthy to be blessed by God. It changed the way I saw who I was, my trustworthiness, my dependableness. God wants to bless me. I got to be to work on time. God wants to bless me. I got to be honorable. God wants to bless me. You can't see yourself as honorable and see yourself as a liar. You can't see yourself as full of integrity and see yourself as a cheat. When you start seeing yourself full of integrity, you become a magnet for what God wants to do in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, that was worth coming to church for. Number five, limitation. Limitation. That, that is feeling restricted, restricted or confined by circumstances or people. Nobody, no person living has the right to confine you or limit you or tell you what you can do and can't do. Tell you how far you can go. Amen. That, that will discourage Amen. Pastor Caldwell was on, in, in Hawaii and he drove by the, the, the mansion where the president, uh, owner of, of Dole Pineapple lived. And, and, and all kinds of people tried to buy that mansion. Elvis Presley tried to buy it, other people. And uh, he was sitting there and they were showing it. And he said, he thought inwardly, he said, boy, I can never imagine living in a place like that. And the Lord said, then don't worry about it, son. You never will. Now we hear things like that and we think, well, what does that matter? Because to do what God wanted him to do, to build a church debt-free that was going to cost over a million dollars at the time they built it, amen, to raise up a spiritual production center producing life, city, state, nation, world, he had to see himself as somebody bigger than just a little storefront pastor. He had to see himself as a person with a great name and international reach. I'm telling you something at the beginning of this year. If you'll start working on seeing things the way I'm seeing them, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. And your life is going to be irrevocably, irreversibly changed. Hallelujah. There are people in here tonight, and you mark my words, and you do whatever you want to do this with this, but I'm saying it by the Spirit of God. There are people tonight, there are people in here tonight, you hear me, you're under the sound of my voice. This coming up year, you're going to walk in and pay debts off with cash money. Amen. You're going to pay them off. Amen. Amen. I mean, you're going to mail some in, but you're going to walk up to people you owe and pay them off. And, and, and it's, not, it's not going to hinder what's in your pocket. It's not going to hinder what's in your bank account. Flush with cash. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's going to be opposition, limitations. Don't let it happen. Amen. Don't let somebody limit you because of your education, your gender. There's only two, but your gender... Right? Your race, your upbringing, where you're from. Amen. Some of y'all can't help that you came from Missouri. It's, it's, 
Hallelujah. Or Oklahoma. But, glory to God. Are you following me? Don't let anybody limit you. Or your past. Where you've been this, or you've been that, or you've been the other. Yeah, and? What's that got to do with where I'm going? Tell your neighbor, say, what does your past have to do with where you're going? Nothing. My God, I wish they'd let me into every high school and junior high school in the world to teach this. Has nothing to do with where you're going. This past year has nothing to do with 2021. Praise God we're going to be done with this. But it has nothing to do with where we're going. You have expended a lot of spiritual energy this year just keeping your hope alive. God's going to repay you for that. Number eight or number six, depression. You know, you know what depression by definition is or, or a good definition? I don't know that it's a clinical definition. Just without hope. That's where you were before you were born again. Without God having no hope in the world. Well, here's a question. I know all of y'all are born again, so you can answer in the affirmative. Do you have God? Then what do you have? Hope. Do you know why your testimony is so effective? Because if God did it for you then, He'll do it again. Anybody in here ever got a check in the mail? Gifts and surprises. Anybody besides me? Guess what? He can do it again. Guess what? He will do it again. Glory to God. Number seven, destitution. Now, we got to go, go to Mark 9.23 because destitution is without resource. Without resource. Destitute. Without resources. But I want you to see something in Mark 9.23. Because this is so important. Look at what Jesus said. You believe Jesus? And you tell your neighbor, say, I believe Jesus. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now read that scripture and then tell me you're without resources. And it's even clearer. When, when, you, when, when you read it in the Woosh Bible and other Greek translations, because the man said to Jesus right before this, he said, if you can do anything, help us. And the original Greek says that Jesus, or the, the Woosh Bible, excuse me, says that Jesus said, ask for this question of yours, if I can do anything. I am a believing one, and all things are possible to a believing one. How many believing ones do I have? So how many things are possible to those of you that just raised your hand? Now, let me add this. Not only possible, probable. Amen. So you're going to enter into this holiday week with a different image. Amen. Do you see that? Hallelujah. You got to see it the way they see it. You got to see it that way. Amen. Close your eyes for a moment. We're, we're going to be dismissed. Close your eyes for a moment. I want you right here, right here tonight on, what's the date? December 23rd. I want you to let float up out of your spirit that image Some of y'all need to be imaging and saying, I see me as healed or prosperous or in victory. How about this? I see me with a turmoil-free life. And whatever it is, I, I need you to see it. I could put a lot of words in your mind and you would see what I'm saying. I need you to see what you need to be seeing. Now, when you see it, 
It doesn't matter if everybody says it. I want you to say out of your mouth, I see it, it's mine. Say it again. I see it. It's mine. One more time. Say, I see it. It's mine. Hallelujah. Say that one more time. I see it. It's mine. That's it. Now, open your eyes and look at me before we go. You can't afford to just let what God puts in your spirit just languish. You got to talk it. The, the Bible said the best way to get the word, God told Moses, he said, here's what you do. He said, I want you to talk this word to your children when you're sitting at home, when you're traveling, when you're out with them. I want you to talk about it. I want you to get it in them. If you're married, you need to be talking about this. You need to have a dream meeting this year at the beginning of this year. What are we dreaming about? Write them down. Write down your dreams. Put down your goals. We're going to have Vision Sunday again this year. Get it out there big. What do you want to give this year? What do you want to do for God? So important. Why? Because we're coming into the year of light and magnificent victory. The year of the local church. Amen? Amen? Let's stand up tonight. Did you receive anything from the Lord?